it's my fault. I, I told him it's on me. And that's 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 totally on me. to be in this position in year three of scott frost where you're <laughs> where you have him sounding exactly like uh our buddy doc right you just you didn't want that to have to happen no. and that's that's no. where we are now at this point doc could just handle all the post-game interviews for for frost you know it's like a punt you know and you know ask that and, and i don't even, i don't even offensively i don't even recognize what we're doing i, I don't even recognize what we're doing it's almost like a pun. It's almost like a pun. <laughs> you, you imagine that? He'd be great. He'd yeah. be great in the postgame. Doc, what are your thoughts there? Second half, no points against Northwestern? What do you think? I, I don't even recognize what we're doing. Yeah, all right. That's good. <laughs> I, think the, I think the problem is a lot of fans do. A lot of fans I know. Do I know. You know, but that's it. Yeah, we basically every single answer. He could sit up there and just Doc could give. That's totally on me. It's like a punt. I don't even recognize what we're doing. And it would kind of work for every answer at this point. <laughs> right? Yeah, so you get, you know, a little uh little of this. And that's all that's a, that's totally on me. Uh, that's a little of this. I, I don't even recognize what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit like this. It's almost like a pun. Yeah, oh, thank you. God. you know, Oof. It'd be like, you know, Scott that, Frost that is... interception when you're at the two yard line, it's almost like a pun. <laughs> It's almost like a punt. Okay, I, that's w- certainly one way to look at it when you're trying to tie the game and you're at the two-yard mm-hmm. line. But you know, mm-hmm. when you think about the fact that your just your offense was just wasn't there, what do you? And that's all. That's a, that's totally on me. <laughs> totally on. Uh, uh, coach, uh, five false starts uh, with no fans in the stands. I mean, who 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 do you point the 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 blame to with that? And that's all. That's a, that's totally on me. Okay. <laughs> You know, it looks like tempo was always going to be a big part of what you were trying to do offensively for, you know, your style. What what are you seeing offensively? I, I don't even recognize what we're doing. Okay. Somewhere Keith Manibuck. Anything else for Coach? <laughs> That's exactly it. I mean, Frost, he, he's kind of having that, you know, kind of that doc moment where he's like, It's my fault. No, boy. It's my fault. Oh, no. Frosty. No. It's my fault. No. Oh, no, I don't. Shouldn't be, shouldn't be your fault. We do have a lot to well to we get have to. One today. pressing thing to get to. What is behind you? What what is happening? You have for people that don't know. I need to. I wish. I, see, I don't want to touch my phone because I feel like that can mess up our connection here. But you know, like you are you a member of the Big Twelve conference? You have so people that don't know behind Schick right now because we are facetiming each other is like a a Big 12 conference backdrop as if he was at Big 12 media days ready to give some sort of speech about the Big 12. What's what's happening here? Well, so I do have a banner behind me yeah. here. Um, and let me tell you what, what the banner is. It's the Big 12! <laughs> it's, um, it's, the, it's the Big 12. I got a Big 12 banner behind me because uh, I, am, I recorded 10 separate previews for Big 12 women's basketball on Thursday and Friday with LaChina Robinson. Wow. 
And then Monday and Tuesday of this week, so when you're you know maybe listening to this, uh, I will be recording with uh, your boy Fran Frischilla. Oh, Monday don't you do that and to Tuesday. me! Don't you do that to me? <laughs> Fran is mine. He is mine. He's all mine. <laughs> I love Fran. Oh, he he and I are getting to know each other very well, okay. very well. Yeah, just so you know, we just signed a new 12-month lease on our two-bedroom apartment. So he's committed for at least 12 more months, Mr. Fancy Pants Backdrop Big 12. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Um, Dana, is he, you know, you think he's uh, Fr- Fran is Nick's property? Oh, I don't know, Nick. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't Coach. think so either. I, so, am, I am married to a lot of coaches at this point in my career. You are. Yeah. You are. But I have had, uh, so yeah, I'm, I've got a lot of Big 12 on the brain. Right now, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly excited for it and ready to go. Um, but it's, it's a lot. It, it's certainly a lot. But I'm ready for it, so I can tell you all about Big Twelve women's basketball. And by the end of tonight, uh, I'll be ready to tell you about Big Twelve men's basketball. You got your blue ribbon. You got your blue ribbon, Balancesto book. Uh, right no, here. I don't have. In fact, I get the English version. I don't um, the balance. Ah! <laughs> Balancesto. <laughs> Bal- Page re- one. Me gusta Luca Garza. <laughs> Luca Garza es grande in el poste. Okay, this is cool. I do. I do remember you. You did like to work in a little bit of <laughs> a little bit of Spanish into your calls. Just relentless off the ball, trying to score, and you can't take any siesta when you're guarding him because he will burn you. <laughs> so bad you can't take any siesta and you can't take any siesta <laughs> that is terrible any siesta that doesn't even that's just grammatically i've offended you i've offended that? my spanish teacher and my english teacher all in one foul swoop and you can't take any siesta god i'm sorry the, the whitest version of saying siesta. siesta and you can't take any siesta <laughs> That is just such the white guy siesta. <laughs> I'm going to go take a siesta. It's like, okay. And you can't take any siesta. <laughs> well done. I'm glad we had that. Yeah. Glad, glad this hard drive works. So this I can, is um, good. This is all good you. right here. All right. So, look, we don't have – we don't want to belabor the point here. We obviously want to get to the, the, the biggest uh, story of the day. <laughs> and so, you know, Talia Tungavailoa just continues oh. to – dominate uh yes. college football there's any there's no doubt matt there's, there's no, doubt. no doubt at this point so is it a uh, Ooh, even, go with go with your gut and say what you were gonna say i don't know what you're gonna say has let me let me ask you just this about um nebraska because it did seem like they took a siesta siesta all right uh, in the second half, there seemed to be a siesta taking when place. When they get in the siesta. red zone, yeah, right. they take a, they, when they get to the red zone, it's siesta time. You know? <laughs> siesta. And you can't take any siesta in the red zone. And you can't take any siesta. <laughs> <laughs> Who would ever say that? Oh, man. You can't take any siesta? Let me let me see if I can have some fun with this here while we're here. Um, <laughs> let me see if I can. Let's see if I have drunk drunk Nick here. Ooh. And you can't take any siesta. 
That's a lot of tequila followed by taking a siesta. You know? That's a lot of, that's a long siesta. And you can't take any siesta. Whoa. All right. All right, everyone. Okay, I'm sorry. I All right, let's get back your... to regularly siesta scheduled Siesta in the program. second half for Nebraska. Go. Yeah. All right, so uh, no points in the second half. That's, that's hard to do. Hard to do. Watch the entire game, start to finish. We were all nestled in. Um, I was pretty confident Nebraska plus four and a half. I'll leave it at that. Um, Apologize. <laughs> Thank you. Apologize. No, it was, it was Nebraska plus four and a half. Apologize. <laughs> One of our best callers that we ever had, and again, we'll revisit it uh, eventually, but... <laughs> Do you think you go to the booth or you go to the ticket window and you call your bookie and you say, hey, I'm going to take Nebraska plus four. And then he calls you when you lose. And he says, I'm sorry, it was uh, I should have given you a Nebraska plus nine. I apologize. No, it's Northwestern should have given you Northwestern minus six and a half. I apologize. Hey, Chris. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing well. Yeah. What do you got? OK, I was thinking it was a uh, Montana and I was thinking. I want to say it was like Idaho or Idaho State. I forget which one it was. It was one of the non-conference games. I forget the name of the team. I apologize. No, it wasn't Montana. It was Wyoming. I apologize. <laughs> All right. That never gets okay. old. All right. The we'll biggest get breath we'll get ever in. recorded. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll dive into that eventually. We don't have the time to, to do that. <laughs> To do that today. <laughs> the worst you know what you're really good at? What you were really good at was sensing when a caller was having issues. And the one th- the best thing you can do to a caller that's flustered is not talk. Like <laughs> let them say something and then you just wait a second. You do a really good job of letting that two seconds of dead air just dismantle this guy's confidence in anything he's saying. There was a lot of dead air. Let's just Hey, how you doing? I'm doing well. Yeah. What do you got? Okay, I was thinking it was uh, Montana, and I was thinking, I want to say it was like Idaho or Idaho State. I forget which one it was. It was one of the non-conference games. I forget the name of the team. I apologize. No, it wasn't Montana. It was Wyoming. I apologize. No. Both of those were incorrect. <laughs> what a perfect way to cap it. Both of those were incorrect. Oh, that's just. But, you know, uh, most radio hosts would have jumped in immediately, and you didn't, and you just continued to let it out of breath, Chris. Uh, just out of breath, Chris. Okay, so uh, we're can- 15 minutes in. We have not discussed right. anything at this point in our careers. So I got to think that when it comes to uh, Nebraska, Nebraska fans are, are out of breath uh, <laughs> as they try and come up with a reason as to why this offense is the way it is and why this team continues to struggle the way that they do. It's like even when Nebraska had that halftime lead, you're just like, they're going to find a way to lose this oh, game. Yeah. They're going to find there are new un, there are undiscovered ways to lose yet and they will discover them and they did with a couple of end zone essentially end zone red zone interceptions i mean it's it's really remarkable how how well they do at finding new ways to lose i just don't 
I mean, ultimately, that game came down to they had eight drives into Northwestern territory and came away with one touchdown and two field goals. And the one touchdown was set up from an interception going to the doorstep. With a safety who wasn't even supposed to be on the field. No. So (laughs) things are – I mean, that's the big question coming out of this game. Dirk wrote about it in in, in the World Herald on Sunday and – the big question is just what what has happened to this offense under Frost? Where it is, I don't I don't see how it's even debatable that it has seemingly regressed each year under Frost so far to the point to where now, I mean, how would you even if we were doing multiple choice, would you describe Nebraska's offense as great, good, below average or bad? At this point, I would say below average, trending towards bad. And I don't, I, I don't care. I don't even know what their total yards was. They probably had north of four twenty-five, or they were over four hundred probably. But there was a wise man by the name of Bosif Pelini that once said, "It's not about yards, ma'am. It's about points." And that's what it is. Like I don't care about yards if you're scoring thirteen points, right? All of that is accurate. I do believe both said that. It's not about yards, ma'am. It's about points. It is about points. It is about points. One of the great sentences ever uttered. Ma'am? Uh, so was, it, was this, there was a woman asking him a question in this? Yeah, I don't, it's I mean, not what? about yards, ma'am. It's about points. It's not about yards, ma'am. It's about points. I mean, to talk, <laughs> like, to, talk to Dirk in that way. To refer to Steve Sipple as ma'am, you talk about knowing... How to get under stiff skin. Coach, what's going on with this? this, You know, you guys are putting up a lot of yards. What gives? It's not about yards, ma'am. It's about points. Oh, man. Did he say ma'am? They don't call me ma'am at Chili's or Red Robin. (laughs) That's one of the great mysteries. It's it's hard telling from Jack in the Box. (laughs) It's hard telling from the press box. It's not about yards, ma'am. It's about points. I believe someone asked him. I believe that was something to the effect of, hey, you're giving up a lot of yards, and they had won the game. Or yeah. That's about points. We're good. Yeah. We're good. He was right. Um, but, it, but it is. Same things. It was true then, and it's true today in the opposite, on the opposite side of the ball. It's not about yards. It's about points. And you, you, I was you, – because you go, this doesn't even – this offense doesn't even look like what you saw – in 2017 at Central Florida when Frost was was calling plays, or even at Oregon when he was calling plays. You know, I looked it up. In 2017, Central Florida didn't have a single game where they scored less than 30 points. Not one game. Nebraska's last 10 games, they've only scored more than 30 points twice. Once was at Maryland last year when Maryland was doing 1-2-3 Cancun as they were breaking the huddles. And Indiana at home last year where they lost. But it's just, this was supposed to be Frost thing, right? Like, when he was hired, you felt like the one thing you could write in pen, not pencil, and take to the bank was Nebraska's going to be able to move the ball and score points. Nebraska's going to be able to move the ball and score points. And it's just, it's it's a head-scratcher to see where Nebraska offensively is at right now, Schick. This offense, as I watch it, two words come to mind, dink and dunk. Yeah. That's what this offense has become. It is a dink and dunk offense with no weapons, no offensive weapons to help you dunk it. 
right? right? Like this is no, there are no offensive weapons outside of, I guess you could say the quarterbacks to help you in space beat your man or be better than like they're throwing to guys. And I just go, well, that's, I mean, there's no yak there, no yak there, nothing here, nothing here. It's yards after contact, not a lot. Dedrick Mills showed a couple of flashes there early. It looked like in the first half this was a team that wanted to play football. But then they get, it's, it's, the, it's the lack of explosiveness and the lack of discipline in terms of penalties that this team cannot afford. And they, you know, at, I, I tried to think, like, UCF, man, he had some speed, right? Yes. Like Adrian Killens, was Killens, it? yeah, um, Mullins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had me, Scotty, Mullins, Bird, and Patrick. Who is it? Mullins. All right, Mullins. Chris Mullins. We asked Magic game. Johnson what was wrong with the with Nebraska's offense, and his answer was dead legs. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid so the analysis. It's ridiculous. Um but, but then I'm you go you. you go to Oregon. Weapons, speed, Mariota. Like to steal the doc line from earlier, I don't really recognize Adrian Martinez. He seems like you go back and watch the first game he ever played as a freshman, and then you go watch this, and it's just he's lost half of a step. He doesn't look as explosive. Maybe it's because he's put on weight. Maybe it's because he's unsure of himself. I I really don't know. But it's a different quarterback. The weapons haven't improved. But it's just there's not confidence in the play calling. And maybe it's because they don't have confidence in in those players. I I don't know. And the talent. But to be able to to throw the cliché, stretch the field, to be able to get chunks. Because if you are the kind of offense – that has to have a 12-play drive without penalties in order to score, in order to get points, it's just not going to happen. You you need chunk plays, explosive plays, four or five-play drives at some point, maybe six or seven, get into the end zone and that happen. And then, not only that, getting to the doorstep and turning the ball over, I mean, it's just one of those things where you watch it and you say, it shouldn't be like this. Quarterbacks in this offense shouldn't be playing like this. And frankly... Getting shut out in three of your four quarters against Northwestern? I would say, considering how long Scott Frost has been there now, this is year three. The judgments start to come down. This is the worst loss Nebraska's had under Scott Frost. I, w- I, was, one- I was trying to think of that. Like, if there, if you, you tried to answer that question, this one, this one certainly felt like it's up there. I mean, just there's something about this, this game – that really slid the entire offense under the microscope in a way that I don't feel like we have we have we have before, and I think it's really slid Adrian Martinez onto the chopping block in a way that he hasn't been for, which is obvious because he got pulled at the end of the game. But yeah, it's just it's hard. right now offensively, Wandale Robinson has become a non-factor. I mean, the the guy. It's why I wonder if if at some point you need to to think about moving him to running back a little bit or trying to just get him a few more carries because Nebraska's wide receivers are severely lacking in their ability to make explosive plays. In my in, in my opinion, Nebraska doesn't have to, a real game-changer at running back. I think Mills is okay. I don't think he's great. Okay. I think he's okay. Yeah. Right now, the only chance Nebraska has to move the ball is quarterback runs. And 
what's hard about all this is there there is no question. Like, I couldn't believe. I sit there and I turn on Notre Dame Clemson last night, and it's a different sport. It, I, I'm watching that. I'm like, this looks like the NFL compared to what I saw between Nebraska and Northwestern. So there is a talent component to this that is real. But that doesn't necessarily absolve Frost of any sort of head scratching and questioning as to what's happened with this with this offense, because this is just not what anyone thought it was going to look like, and not what what kind of results people thought it, things would look like from from the offense. And so, I mean, the question is now that the hard part with Martinez is, on one hand, it's not all on him. You know, like the wide, we've talked about, not a lot of ton, not a ton of weapons. The running back situation is not great, but ultimately things just aren't running smooth when he's in there. He seems a half a step slow, and at the end of the day, Shick, the team isn't scoring points with him out there, and the team isn't winning games out there. It kind of feels like there's a large enough sample size to make a conclusion on what. Martinez can be in this particular situation. I can't sit here and and definitively tell you I think Luke McCaffrey is for sure better than he is. But you know it's that old you know the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Like I think we we kind of know what things are going to look like with Martinez at quarterback. It it feels like that it doesn't it feel like it's time to to give Luke the ball and see what Luke can do with it officially? I think it's it's heading that way now. I do. I I mean, is it the right or wrong call? I, I don't know, but I, I'm with you. I think there's enough sample size. And I had a tweet in the draft uh, <laughs> that was ready to be fired off if Nebraska scored the touchdown when McCaffrey turned it over when he threw the pick, which was in the preseason, Scott Frost said, the offense moves exceptionally well when Luke McCaffrey is in there. Yeah. Right now, our offense moves exceptionally well when he's playing quarterback. And I was going to quote that and say, indeed, because that's what it looks like. Now, is it because it's a changeup? Is it because the defense is caught on its heels? They're not used to this speed. They're not, you know, might take a while. You start him, then sure, maybe it might sure. take a half of a quarter for a defense to kind of adjust to his speed and what he provides. Maybe. But he certainly looks more sure of himself. He certainly looks like he's more emphatic with his throws and more sure of when to tuck it and run and all of those things. So, yeah, I, f- I feel like it's headed that way, which is a, a shame for Martinez right? Uh, because you felt like this was set up for him to have ex- an extraordinary amount of success. Like if you were going to partner a coach and a quarterback from the jump, from that first game or two with Martinez, you thought, this is it. And these next three or four years are going to be incredible. And instead, you're two years removed from his shining moment and his incredible season. And you look at it and you go, he might have peaked early. Which and is bizarre. Some, some guys just either hit a wall or something happens and they're just uh, a shell of, the, of their former selves. And maybe that's it. But this, you know, it's a big boy business. Yeah. And. He's had his chance. Like at this point, like that's it. All you ever can ask for as an athlete, or in really in life for anybody, whatever it is you're doing, is for your a chance for an opportunity. He this is this isn't. We're not in year one. We're not in year two. This is year three. I mean, he's got a lot of starts under his belt, 
and he's been in a lot of close games. He's been in a lot of situations where, again, like I said, like the sample size is big enough for us to draw a conclusion as to what Martinez is in this particular situation. And I think what he is is he's just okay. You know, he's just he's just okay. And I agree, like there's something to when 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 McCaffrey came in, things just seem to move quicker when he's in there. Yeah. Now, like you said, was that a part of the, hey, we're not used to this guy, the time and score of the game, maybe they're a little bit on prevent mode, whatever, but he gets in, all of a sudden he hits a, a hitch to, to Xavier Betts, and you're like, well, that wasn't there all day. And then all of a sudden he's tucking and running and get, you know, he's just making faster decisions, and that's a big part of this offense is like the ability to get that tempo going and make quick decisions. And he sat for a majority of the game and it didn't take him a while to warm up and ease into the game. He's in and it's like a pinch hitter. When he goes up to the plate, he's ready to drive to the fence. He's ready to go. He's coming in cold and he starts hot. And that's what you need. Like this offense, I looked at it from in the first quarter and I don't know how many penalties are attributed to Martinez or cadence or what he's the command or lack thereof. I I don't know. I don't know any of that stuff. I think it's just an overall lack of, of discipline with the team, but that first drive for Nebraska was shaping up to be an emphatic Ohio State type of drive where we're going to march down that field, we're going to punch it in, and we're going to own the day. Yep. And instead, back-to-back penalties, third and whatever, and and that happened far too often. And then, you know, even when McCaffrey was in there in the second half and the flea flicker and right, this right. and you're trying to get cute, it's, you know, it's stick with your fastball. And your fastball right now seems to be Luke McCaffrey, Give him a shot. Yes, the quarterback run game. And then if you want to split him out wide and bring in Martinez, if, if that's going to be a play, fine. But it doesn't seem to be – it se- It seems to be go with what your bread and butter is right now. And I think Scott Frost in his preseason soundbite of the offense moves exceptionally well when he's in there is indicative of what we're seeing in the season. He was right. I agree. Right. And, and this is some. I was a guy – I mean, we joke – I was on the Martinez – Titanic. Even if that thing was going down, I was kind of sticking with him. And th- yesterday was the first time that I was like, you know what? It's maybe it's maybe time. It's maybe time to see what what someone else can do with it right now. And we'll see. I just the thing that's so amazing is like, you know, the tone of what our we talked about. Even though Nebraska got beat fifty-two to seventeen against Ohio State, we left encouraged. And it's amazing right. the swing that you can have within a season of leaving. You have two games, both losses. One you walked away feeling good about, and the other one, I tend to agree with you, where it's like, man, this feels like as bad of a loss as Frost has had. And you you just all of a sudden take a step back, and it's Nebraska's now lost seven of their last eight games. And the most frustrating part about it is while – Nebraska kind of invents different ways to lose. It still is. The, it still has some of the same ingredients in the losing casserole every time. Nebraska has continued to be a sloppy, undisciplined team, game in and game out. And I guess I was. I keep on. I keep on giving Nebraska the benefit of the doubt, Chick, in my. And it's probably coming from my heart, being a Lincoln boy, that like I, you know, I'm probably thinking more with my heart than my head. But I look at those self-inflicted issues as something you would think is fixable fairly quickly. 
You know, we play this game. It's like, man, all they got to do is just not have five false starts on the road in front of zero fans. Doesn't seem like that's the craziest. You don't need to be a bunch of five-star guys and have Zach Duvall in the weight room for three different cycles to not freaking get a false start five times on the road when there are zero people in the stands. It's not hard. Like, those things are well within your control. So I keep on in my mind giving Nebraska the benefit of the doubt where I even idiotically last week in my podcast said, boy, Nebraska got an opportunity here, man. Look at this. Nebraska Nebraska got an opportunity to make some noise here in the West. And now you kind of feel stupid saying that because it's like, shame on me for, I guess, expecting them to all of a sudden become someone they're not, where this is, I guess, who they are, Schick, right now, is they're just a little sloppy and undisciplined. And I got worked up there. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Um, I like that. You kind of screamed a little bit, kind of threw me for a loop. I was wondering if uh, you were going to jump through the iPad there. And I'm fine. I'm frightened just a little bit. Just peed in the pants. Just a slight little thing. I'm sorry. I thought, whoa. <laughs> no, but you, you know what it is? Uh, you're, this is where the 30,000-foot the national perspective that everyone outside of Lincoln has is accurate, yep. which is you are what you are. We've seen what you are, but those who are closest to it say, okay, but we're getting closer. And the reason you say that, and I think a large part of why you say that, is because Scott Frost came home, we've seen what he can do in the past, and he's going to do it again. And maybe he will, but I think the, la- the last half of his first year set the table and set us up, set Husker fans up, for disappointment because we said, okay, this is going to be a quicker fix. And then here we are two seasons later and it still feels like you're in year one. Yeah. And so how many recruiting cycles does it take? Um, how much player development does it take? Nebraska is a developmental program. Mm-hmm. Um, they've turned into a developmental program. They have to be. It's like Wisconsin. It's like Minnesota. It's Iowa. It's taking guys that by the time they're in year three or year four, they're ready to flip the page and ready to contribute. And so, you know, every three or four years, you might compete for a conference championship. It might not happen every year, just like those other teams you mentioned, but you're going to be in there. We're in year three right now, and I don't know how much longer it takes. Maybe this was a five-year deal. The problem is you can't at one point say, boy, he inherited a mess, and then year three going, why aren't we competing for championships? But to your point, you still have to see signs of the progress and the mistakes have to be decreasing a little bit. You flip on the tape and watch college football and watch how teams perform. Look at what's happening at Arkansas with Sam Pittman. This program did not know how to win for three years. He comes in and boom, right? They learn how to win. Now, are they an elite team? Of course not, but they're showing those signs. And maybe year two will be different for him, and year three maybe they'll regress. Who knows? But at least you're seeing it right off the jump. Totally agree. And you say here in Nebraska, you say, this should be better. This isn't facing Ohio State. This isn't facing a Clemson or a Georgia. This is Northwestern. And I'm not trying to denigrate Northwestern. What I am saying is talent is at the very least even. At the very least it's even. Yet, Nebraska is the one that's undisciplined. Nebraska is the one that makes mistakes. And Nebraska has the quarterback that turns the ball over in the red zone. That's it. And you just can't win. That's it. I to- totally agree with everything you just said. And that's what's 
you know, as we get further along into this thing and being in year three, it just it's it gets harder and harder to explain away these mistakes, you know, like, ah, oh, well, they they need to get their guys in there. Ah, oh, they don't know how to like, you know, you know what I mean? Like there was all these things that like were, were kind of readily accessible for you to go. Yeah, I think you can point to that. And while there still is a talent overall issue, like I still don't think this team is is just flush with a, a lot of real game changing big time players. It doesn't that doesn't excuse like we said it's one thing to get beat it's another thing to to beat yourself and it feels like there's just a lot of games where Nebraska is beating themselves and what's what's hard is we sit there and go god Nebraska's a long ways away and da 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 and while that's true at the same time what you just said in the last part of your very well put comment you watched that game yesterday. Nebraska Northwestern. One team is in the driver's seat to win the West and play for a Big Ten championship against Ohio State. You tell me. Nebraska looked every bit as talented as, as Northwestern. And within that, Nebraska had every opportunity in the world to not just win that game. Schick, they could have been up 17-7, to 20-7, heading into halftime. So... Well, on one hand, you sit there and you feel doom and gloom and go, God, it just feels like this is so far away. But at the same time, you turn on the TV and you watch the team. This is, this is why it's a perfect example. The first two games are perfect examples for Nebraska. You watch Nebraska play Ohio State, you think Nebraska's a long ways away for the obvious reason. The Jimmy's in the Joes. Holy bleep. They don't have <clears> At least in the second half. At least in the second yeah, half. The second go, half you go against Ohio State, they don't have they don't have Chris Olave and Justin Fields and you know, they don't have those guys, right? So that's easier to kind of go, okay, I see how they're a long ways away. But then you watch Nebraska and Northwestern and you're like, Nebraska's just as talented as them, but man, they feel like they're a long ways away from a discipline and 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 focus standpoint and mental toughness standpoint. And so it's just, it's hard. On one hand, you go, God, they're a long ways away. Then on the other hand, it's like, well, I don't know, man. I sit and watch Northwestern and Nebraska, and I don't feel like Northwestern's on another stratosphere than Nebraska at all. I feel like the thing, and, and it's the, the cliche thing of they just need to win, but can you fathom the fact that Nebraska – has not won back-to-back games since September of last year. Yeah. And they've only done it three times in his tenure, and two of them came in year one. And so you think about how learning to win, and maybe it takes one. Like, we, we've talked ad nauseum about Minnesota last yeah. year, right? Flip the coin. Flip it again, flip it again. One, two, three. They start the year three and zero in that non-con, and then they start going on a run. Nebraska hasn't even been able to start thinking about going on a run because they can't get that one win to get the ball rolling. And so it's instead it's you get to the third, fourth quarter, you're wondering when the other shoe's going to drop. You're wondering how you're going to lose this game, and then you start questioning everything and. It's like it almost reminds me of what's going on with Michigan and Harbaugh, where it's you know year six, 
and you're watching it going, it's just listless. Yeah. It's there. It's just an uncertainty about the offense and who they want to be and what they want to become, and especially at the quarterback position. And that's why I think it's paramount, and I hate to say it because I like Adrian Martinez, but like you said, it's this is a win-or-lose business. You have to have – maybe it's specifically at a place like Nebraska, but at a developmental program. If you can put an alpha dog at the quarterback position who will lead you as an alpha, you take it and you go, especially if he's one of your best playmakers on your team, and maybe that will change things for Nebraska. But at the very least, it might create some energy for a program that just needs the fuse to light. Yeah. And right now it's just – as soon as you strike that match on this program, a wind comes and just blows it out, and you're like, man, this, this dynamite, we feel like we've got something here, but it's just not happening. And McCaffrey might be that guy – to shield you from the wind and let this wick go yeah. all the way down, and then you just and then it blows up, and maybe it just takes two or three wins, and that's why you look at this week against Penn State, and you say, you know, yeah, we use this cliche must win and all that stuff, but you look at what's coming for this program. I mean, let's be honest here. There is a very legitimate chance that this team could go. One and seven. Oh, yeah. One and seven is right, right. Well, one and six without the Wisconsin game. Right. It's it's right there. And then you play in the championship. I mean, you, you could be looking at the first of two matchups with Penn State, considering how they're playing. Right. You know, at, at, the, at the end. I mean, Rutgers might be a step up. And that's the other thing. Look at what Rutgers is doing. Look at what Greg Schiano is doing. Look at the creativity. Look at the energy in a program that was dead and buried in the ground. And then what happens? Greg Schiano comes, and they're fun. I mean, even against Ohio State, the guys are having fun. They're doing trick plays. They're just trying to manufacture something. And that's why when you watch Nebraska, there's no creativity. There's nothing there. It's four yards here. It's five yards here. It's, and then the one time you try it, it's when you really – it's unnecessary in the second half, and it, and it kills you. But there's there's no nuance here, and that's yeah. really that's well, really a struggle. And, and what's you talk about? But everything you say, Nebraska felt like that in the first year. They felt like fun and excited, and you could feel. Yes. It. And that's what's so perplexing yeah. about it is like Nebraska felt like, okay, here we go. Like look at this man. Like th- this this is look at them move the ball. Look at this stuff. Just went and and all of a sudden it's just it's all kind of just slowly gone the wrong direction and. I don't know. I, I don't know what to attribute it to. I do think there's something to, uh, and I think it's warranted to make a, a, a change at quarterback at this point. But you know, sometimes when things aren't going well, you just got to make a change for the sake of making a change, right? Like there, whether it's symbolic, whether it's needed, whether it's a combination of the two. You know, sometimes if something goes, how many times in the offseason does a coordinator get fired just because they got to show the fan base right. that, hey, we're making right. a change, right? I almost think we're at that point with the locker room and with everything where there there's almost a little s- symbolism with like hey listen we're making here's Luke all right we're making a change okay maybe this will maybe this will yield some results maybe it won't but it shows you that we're still we're still got a pulse we're still kicking we're still working we're still trying to make some things happen and so i my guess is and i don't know this for a fact but my guess is that it'll be Luke against it'll against Penn State and i think that feels like the right move. Do I feel a hundred percent confident that he's going to take it and run with it? I, I don't, not necessarily, but 
again, what are you what what's the risk? I mean, you scored 17 right, points right, against Ohio right. State. You scored 13 points against Northwestern. You've lost seven of your last eight games. What are you protecting? You're you know right. what I mean? Like, what are what are you? Oh, be careful. Be careful what? Just so you're not going to score 13 points and lose again? Like, you know what I mean? Like, at some point, you got to be willing to shake it up, especially when whatever you're trying to shake up isn't even that good right now. Yeah, I forget what the, the context of the conversation was. We had a similar conversation maybe a year or two ago when I would call into your show and we'd have our weekly talks, which is it was something to the effect of what? What you're risking this because if if you don't, you might finish, you know, fifth in the division, right. fourth in the division. Yeah, like, what do you at, at this point? At this point, you're zero two. You're about to fl- the season's about to be flushed away, and it's like an NFL team. At some point, you just got to figure out what else you have. That's it. Got to we got to figure out what you got. Recruiting season's coming up. You got to just got to figure out what the future looks like here because the present ain't winning your championship. And you need to the now. Now, you need to start winning games. I don't want to go into the mode of like, ah, now it's about next year. It's like, no, well, at some no. point, it can't always we – can't we can't be perpetually in a state of it's about next year. You know what I mean? But I think one of the things you got to find out now is you got to find out what kind of player Luke McCaffrey is. Right? Like, you got to find out what that guy can do because one of the things – and I, I mean, we're this the tone of this is like negative McGee here, but like <laughs> – I've said this for a long time. The one common denominator behind almost if you just go through every coach and their era at a place, if it doesn't go great or reach its potential, the one common denominator is oftentimes they never got the quarterback right. Like for whatever you want to say about Michigan, that's to me one of the biggest problems. Harbaugh never found his Andrew Luck part two. He just didn't. And we at this point, I don't think. Are Mar- you saying Tate Four CA wasn't? Oh, I like me some Tate Four CA for about two games, but you know what I mean. Like you look at, yeah. I think Mike Riley was doomed to fail, but I mean he had a square peg round hole with Tommy Armstrong, and then Tanner Lee ended up not being very good, and bye bye. You know, even Bo Pelini, I just don't know if he ever he had a flash in the pan in 2010 with Taylor Martinez. Uh, I just don't know if he ever fully found that guy. Probably the guy that's the the exception to that is I think Bill Callahan had a pretty had some. I mean Zach Taylor, pretty good player, you know. Mm-hmm. But yep, it's not a guarantee that you're going to have success if you get the quarterback right. But you know what? There's a guarantee that you won't have success if you don't get the quarterback right. And yeah. I just I think now you got to start figuring that you got to figure out what Luke McCaffrey can do, and if he's the dude. Yep. No, you got to figure out. And I think it, when you look at Penn State, you might be looking in the mirror a little bit. Um, yeah. You know, you look at their quarterbacks that they've had. Uh, Christian Hackenberg, Mac McGloin, no Trace doubt. McSorley. You know, guys that are okay, right. uh, but not guys that are going to go out and win you championships. Close, close. I mean, they did, win a, they did win a Big Ten title a few years ago. Do you, real quick, as we might as well just like if we've gone to negative town, might as well stick with it. And this doesn't have to be negative, but did you – what did you th- did you think Scott Frost's body language seemed a little interesting yesterday? Or you like did you? I don't know if it was the sun. Sometimes when someone wears something, they don't usually wear like I've never seen him wear sunglasses before. So sometimes there's like a whoa, what you look different? What's going on with you? And maybe <laughs> I, maybe a lot of his emotion comes from his eyes. If you're playing like real body language expert here, like I just I thought he had a weird demeanor to him and vibe to him yesterday during the game. And even the post-game presser, and I realize a Zoom press conference is different than live bodies asking you questions, but I just I even thought his demeanor in the press conference seemed a little 
a little distant and a little down. And I don't know. Did you did you see? Yeah, I, you know, whenever I watch him on the sidelines, I always think there's never really a ton of energy there. It's, and it's kind of how he the way he speaks is kind of how you he's just very even, Stephen. You don't get a lot from him. And maybe I don't know, maybe that's a part of the issue. You always try and connect dots. I didn't I didn't see too much of that. I did see his mask uh, blow his chin most of the game. <laughs> The whole time I thought, that's what's so funny is Pat Forty was just a little too early on his comment about the like, because he there's no question he wore his mask way more in the Ohio State game than he did in this game. But, yeah. yeah, he uh, he basically never had his mask on. By the way, uh, we, we need to get to Scotch Frost. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, I, I think we just need this a, a little bit. So let's let's play a little Scotch Frost here bef- before we get out. After games, coaches get drunk. On emotion. Uzbekistan. Coach Frost is no different. Are you by yourself? I'm sitting in the press box. Uh, by yourself? The Chicken Nick Show presents another edition of Scotch Frost. By the way, um, I, I do want to hear someone asked me uh, if we could <laughs> if we could do the the are, are you by yourself uh, as Scotch Frost here. Uh, so let's let's give it a shot here. Uh, this is what one listener referred to as Scotch Frost and Mitch Bourbon. Yeah, I think it happened. I think it happened. I think it happened before that. It was. Uh, are you by yourself? Sitting in the press box. Uh, by yourself? Oh no, there's uh, I don't know, 20, 30 of us up here. Oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Mitch, <laughs> Mitch, Mitch. I'm sitting in the press box. <laughs> Just two hammered people at the end of the bar. That's terrific. Oh no, there's uh, uh, 20, 30 of, of us up. <laughs> All right, sounds good. All right, let's get to some uh, some actual Scotch Frost from the weekend that was. Here is Scotch Frost. <laughs> Why do we do this? Scotch Frost on the quarterback uh, switch Ooh. with uh, with Mitch Sherman here, uh, sober. Hey, Scott, can you um, discuss the quarterback position moving forward? how you see it, what you think today uh, using Luke like he did in the fourth quarter does for um, does for those two guys and, you know, and their mindsets. Uh, I don't really want to comment on that right now other than to say, I, like I've said all along, I think we have two really good players. Uh, I feel for Adrian, that's a tough position to be in and he's poured his heart and soul into this. Uh, but those guys are going to compete, and uh, I'm comfortable with both of them in a game. Uh, I thought we just needed a spark and um, gave Luke a shot. He deserves it. <laughs> I love the comfortable in a game. Uh, I'm comfortable with both of them in a game. I love the gave Luke a shot. He deserves it. That's like when you're handing the bear. Like I'm happy. Luke a shot. He deserves it. I'm happy for you, man. You deserve it. 
You do. <laughs> no, you do, man. He deserves it. <laughs> Last one here. Uh, Sip gets in on the end. Hey, Scott, what ultimately did uh, lead to the decision to to pull Adrian and go with Luke? What, what what was going through your mind at that point? I just thought we needed a spark. Um, that, you know, every player has good plays and bad plays. Sip. Uh, that that interception, the timing was way off of what we expected. Um, and I, at that point, I thought we needed a spark. Um, we had kind of had a, a plan to get Luke in the game more earlier, and he hadn't been in. Uh, so we put him in, and I... Kind of like what I saw from him, so uh, we stuck with him. But um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't read too much into that. <laughs> Terrific. Is there, is there anything better than a guy named Sip being a part of Scotch yes. Frost? By the way, if you are curious, uh, before we get out of here, I'm just as curious as you. What does uh, Sip sound like? Hey, Scott, what ultimately did uh, lead to the decision to to pull Adrian and go with Luke? What, what, what was going through your mind at that point? <laughs> All right. Uh, so, so funny. All right, before we get out of here, yes. um, I have a Sunday morning show on ESPN Radio. With uh, my buddy, Meyer Metcalf. We have a lot of fun. We have Mike Clay on to help people with their fantasy team. And we had a caller who, who tweets at us, and you can find him. He tweeted at me, uh, Jim is his name. He's from Nebraska. And I looked at the screen. It said, Jim from Nebraska. I'm like, all right, well, I'll, I'll throw out a joke. And then uh, this happened on national radio. Mike Clay joining us here Sunday morning on ESPN Radio. Got time for a few more here. Jim in Nebraska. Hopefully his fantasy team doing better than his college team. Jim, how are you? What's your question? <laughs> well, my running back room has been depleted. And, uh, Schick, I feel kind of like Tyler McKinney with that. But uh, Latavius Murray or Damian Harris? Oh. Oh. You know what? This, this is tough because the Patriots play Monday night, and Damian oh. Harris is questionable. Just make sure you have a backup plan if you use Harris. All right, man. By the way, that Tyler McKinney line was an inside joke. It just means he's not happy about that. <laughs> Look at you! Wow, I'm not happy about that. Wow, Jim, 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 Jim recognized he he acknowledged it, but then moved on quickly. Like that was perfect. That was so well done. That's right. <laughs> well, my running back room's been depleted, and uh, Schick, I feel kind of like Tyler McKinney with that. <laughs> ask you something i just how confused was everybody in your do you like i'm telling you there was probably five and a half people listening who might have had an idea maybe maybe and that's a stretch maybe we're talking about a drop that is played on this podcast from a soundbite that we aired 10 years ago on omar radio and it's referring to a basketball player who is very obscure it is it is a, a very obscure from 15 years ago. I mean, it is like, it is a, it's an obscure drop from a podcast from a radio show. It's nuts. It's totally crazy. That sh- Jim uh, is the real winner of the weekend. Jim, He's the real winner. Jim, 
You are the real winner of the week, unlike uh, Nebraska. Um, This podcast is over. Nebraska didn't win, and that guy's running back room was not uh, very good And because of all that. I'm not happy about that. That's 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 totally on me. Absolutely.